Hey, it's Sarah, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by funding through the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Hello and welcome all. Thank you for joining us for another new episode. And I do want to give out a sincere apology for last week re-airing an episode. Life has kind of, um, well, life's been having its way with us, as it were. ups and downs for me, but most definitely some very exciting ups. I would like to share with you that Kids These Day podcast has grown by one new member. Miss Ellie Jane was blessed into this world this week. Oh, getting a little teary eyed at that. Goodness. Oh, I cannot wait to meet that little squish and just love on her and love on her mama, and mama and baby are doing so good, and big brother is so proud, and so sweet, and I know old daddy Mac is getting him some loves in, so we send them our love, and we wish them the absolute best, and we can't wait to have Rudy back, but we also can't wait for her to spend all this time loving on that squish, so We love you and can't wait to see you. So last season, Rudy shared an episode on finding the balance with screen time and media usage. It was right in the middle of the pandemic when lots of us were just trying to keep our heads above water. (laughs) You know, Rudy talked about helping children set screen time limits while encouraging them to have interests outside of screen time. And as I was thinking about that episode and thinking about some of the questions that providers and parents ask, I thought, let's dive a little more deeply into this idea of what we mean by screen time and technology. And as luck would have it, uh, Stephanie Haney, you know, who's one of our famous uh, voice artists for our commercials and our um, very, very appreciated social media filler in her right now while Miss Rudy is out. She and I have recently written a training about appropriate use of technology with children. So we're going to actually break this into two parts. And this week we are going to talk about current guidelines and what we know about kids and how to um, make those two things work together. And then some actual really cool ideas about how to implement some technology in your program. And then next week, we'll talk about how to best educate and involve parents in appropriate use of technology with kids. So to get started, I want to talk about some current guidelines. So we have a joint position statement with Fred Rogers Institute and NAUIC. And they talk about you know, when used intentionally and appropriately, technology and interactive media are effective tools to support learning and development. But that intentional use requires us as early childhood teachers and administrators to have information and resources regarding the nature of these tools and the implication of their use with use with children. And to be really knowledgeable about the limitations of the use of technology and media and those, again, those special considerations given the use of technology with infants and toddlers very specifically, and then attention to digital citizenship um, 
and equitable access, along with ongoing research and professional development. And I think those last two bullet points in particular have been made even more abundantly clear during the pandemic, you know, a lack of equitable access to reliable internet service, to reliable media outlets, to reliable information, doing that ongoing research. So I think it's important that we as early childhood educators are educating ourselves on what's out there and what's appropriate and then sharing that information. And hopefully that's what we do this week and next. So the second piece of current guidance that I want to share with you, I'm guessing most of you are more aware or more familiar with than the Fred Rogers and NAUIC statement, but it's that of American Academy of Pediatrics. Um, The American Academy of Pediatrics states that there should be no amount of screen time for children under the age of two. For children two to five years, we want to limit that to no more than one hour per day of high quality programs. And for children two to five in preschool or childcare programs, we want to limit that to fewer than 30 minutes per day in a half day program and less than an hour in full day programs. You know, with most of our families, screen time is an everyday part of life. I think that's why it's really important for us as early childhood educators that we are very intentional and mindful in the activities that we provide and that we lessen the amount of technology and media the children experience so as to balance out what they may or may not experience at home. And, you know, this is not that this is not a judgment or shaming of parents at all. Life happens. Those things come about. So we do what we can on our end to lessen that technology and media. And I think when I think of those, that idea, and I think about those position statements, I, it really takes me to back to developmentally appropriate practices and those key concepts. And really the ones, you know, that stick out, you know, are that children are unique individuals. And as adults, we must be attuned and responsive to children's age and developmental levels and to the social and cultural context in which that child lives. And sometimes that means that that child experiences more technology and media at home than another child does. So again, it falls back on us as providers, as, as educators to lessen that during the day. So what do we mean by technology? right? Technology can mean a lot of different things, I think. And so when we're thinking about technology and children, we want to think about it as non-interactive versus versus interactive. So non-interactive technology would be that something that leads to like passive viewing where where the child isn't engaged. You're just sitting in front of the TV watching a show or me sitting on the couch scrolling through Reddit. Um, versus that interactive type of technology where it's active and it's intentionally using the technology, right? This is ideal. So when I think of technology in a program, in a classroom, when I was ever a teacher, I like to think of technology as something that enhances what I'm doing, but doesn't replace what I'm doing. So what do we mean by enhance or effective technology? 
something that's active, right? Hands-on, engaging, empowering, gives the child some control, Um, expands their access to new content and skills by focusing on the content and skills, not the technology itself. And, And it promotes that adaptive scaffolding to support new learning. So, and I love this, the title of this next little part. This is something that Haney came up with, but she calls it appealing choices, right? It's maybe not as funny when it comes out of my mouth as opposed to seeing it written on a piece of paper, but it's a punny way of saying, how do you start to look for apps that are appropriate? So what are some things that we want to avoid? Well, we want to avoid commercial agendas, licensed characters, and tie-ins to toys or movies. And I would say that that is true of anything that you put into your program. We want as nature-based, natural as you can find. So some other things we want to avoid are things that are too hard or too easy, right? Going back to that age-appropriate, developmentally appropriate, that there's no way out of an activity, Um, that it has a gender or ethnic bias, poor quality instructions or narration or music, and free content that's really just a sample. So some things that you do want to look for when choosing apps or technology to use with children are things like, can you individualize the experience for a specific child? Can the child control the sound or background music? Are there multiple language options? Can can more than one child play at once? How much does it cost? Are there multiple levels so that there's always a challenge for them? Okay, and then when we go back to NAUIC a little bit and we talk about specifically about infants and toddlers and media, Um, We want to make sure that we allow children to explore digital materials in the context of human interactions with an adult as the mediator and co-player, right? So we can avoid that passive screen time. A lot of the research that's come out um, in and around the pandemic has shown that children under the age of two, while, you know, screen time obviously is not something we want to do, but but somewhat appropriate screen time activities would be to FaceTime or Zoom with another person. Because then we've got that that context, that human interaction that we've talked about so much with babies. Um, you know, cause, so we can use it as an active and engaging tool to provide a wide variety of images of different animals, of different places. You know, and again, with those infants and toddlers, really with any child of any age, that we are incorporating assistive technologies that are appropriate for children with special needs or developmental delays. Um, And then when we talk about preschoolers and media, you know, we want to be sure that we're, again, allowing children to freely explore using touch. And I would say that that's true of infants and toddlers as well. And again, not just with technology and media. Remember, those kids, everything they experience is through their senses. The more they can touch and feel and see and do and smell, that's what makes an engaging experience for them. Um, You know, with preschoolers, we want that exploration and feeling comfortable with the traditional mouse and keyboard computers. Those of you that... (laughs) 
not to age yourself, but you know, thinking of desktop computers that have a, a traditional mouse instead of a trackpad or a, um, a trackpad mouse that you use. Um, and we want to make sure that we are enhancing our classroom school family concepts by displaying accomplishments on a projector or TV using that form of technology or media. And again, as we said above, um, <clears throat> making sure that we're incorporating assistive technologies as appropriate for children with special needs or developmental delays. And, you know, I think with that, again, earlier when I said, you know, what is technology? What is your definition of technology? To me, technology is something that I use to perform a task. So that could very well be a visual schedule. That could be a pencil or a paintbrush or a wagon. Those are all forms of technology. So don't let, don't get too roped in when you hear that word technology. And yes, I mean, that is, that is the primary focus of this episode is that we're, we're talking more about like media screen time technology, but also introducing all different kinds of technology to your children. Um, push button telephones, uh, keyboards, calculators. Those are all tools that help us do a job and therefore our technology. <clears throat> so let's talk about some other really specific curriculum ideas that you could do. So some general curriculum ideas, Google search images. How many of you have done this? Put your hand up. <laughs> right? Like, hmm, I wonder what that looks like. I wonder where that lives. I wonder what that means. As an adult, I'm I'm still not entirely sure how I made it through the majority of my life uh, without Google. I, if anybody, I mean, now we had the, you know, encyclopedia sets, right? Yes, kids, facts came in books before they were on the computer. But you know, <laughs> Um, and some other general ideas for curriculum would be to expand your current curriculum um, project theme with short videos that are about a specific concept. Maybe you are learning about farm animals and you don't have the ability to go to a local farm to see how cows are milked. I guarantee you, you can find a video of that on YouTube. Okay, so let's talk about some literacy language specific curriculum ideas that utilize appropriate technology and media. Again, with YouTube, right? Explore digital storytelling. Now, I'm going to tell you the best way to read a book is to read it from your mouth and have that child watch your face and look at the book while you read it. But there are some really great digital storytelling um, platforms, digital storytellers out there that you can search for. And there's Google Translate for new language exploration. I mean, how cool is that if you have families that speak another language? You can help the children practice words so that they can speak more with their peers in a language that they hear at home as well. Um, a letter scavenger hunt with the iPad, writing letters or numbers with your fingers. Um, and how about recording the children recreating their favorite stories on video? Maybe getting a video of a child um, looking through the book and telling the story, or for maybe your older kids 
um, and maybe for your older kids, actually acting out the book. Um, let's talk about some specific science math blocks ideas. An iPad shape hunt where children use the iPad to take pictures of shapes that they can find in their environment, right? And maybe you have a couple of blocks that you take with you. What can you find and take a picture of that looks like this block? And so if you think about, if you think about back to some of those things that we talked about of what is effective technology, well, it's active, hands-on and engaging, right? So that means if I'm taking the iPad around, I'm holding on to it, right? It's empowering and it gives them some control, right? They're the ones taking the pictures and, you know, it expands on their access to new content and skills by scaffolding what they already know. So I know that this block is a rectangle and we're going to go on a walk around our building and I'm going to look for, there's a brick and that brick is the same shape as the block in my hand. And I can take a picture of that, right? And then we can, you as a teacher can make photographs of different block structures and then print them and put them around your block area that kids can try to recreate. Document what you find on a nature walk with a camera, phone, iPad, um, and then use Google to try and search to see what type of plant that is or what, what that butterfly's colors mean or what do those butterflies eat. And then for social studies, Google Maps. I mean, to me, I'm still so fascinated by Google Maps as a 40-year-old of like, I can see my house. You know, anybody could see my house. But, you know, you can really use it to start, especially when you use those, um, the the real life picture ones on Google. You know, you can you can use it to create a map of your neighborhood that you can take a walk on. And yes, I know a lot of these suggestions really are for much older toddlers, preschoolers, and older. But again, I think that goes hand in hand with the guidance of of when we should and should not be allowing screen time based on a child's age and then based on those those um, principles of is it interactive or is it non-interactive. Um, also with social studies, print photos of international stru- structures um, or have children find their own in their research to recreate in the block center. And also just to expose your children to different types of architecture and structure and art. Um, which leads us into the next part of creative expression. Um, there's the Museum of Modern Art or other drawing pad apps. There are a lot of museums that we're allowing for a low or free cost to tour through their museums during the pandemic. And I know that some museums have found that that actually was really, really garnered a lot of interest and I think have continued that. Um, Or better yet, make your own museum or your own art display or your own art show in your program and have the children film, film it or take pictures of it. Um, And also with creative expression, record voice, record voice memos, which you wouldn't think would be so hard considering that's something I do every week. (laughs) But of the kids singing or talking, 
kids, well, here's the thing, adults, humans love to hear their themselves recorded, but kids especially, it's such a trip to watch them listen to themselves and to hear their own voices. And, you know, videotape those dramatic play performances, or again, tying that back to the language and literacy of the retelling of a book story. And then finally, I want to talk about curriculum ideas for motor development because, and I put this towards the end because I think this is where I see a lot of people using technology. And I think a lot of the other ideas above that we talked about with language and literacy, math, science, social studies, creative expression, those are kind of those ones that are just a little bit farther out of the box that we don't always think of. But I know we think a lot about using technology for motor development, you know, yoga videos, uh, song and dance, meditation, I know I work with a lot of providers that, you know, that, that hairy time of right before lunch when you have to cook and you have to make sure that the kids are all taken care of. I have a lot of providers that will turn on um, exercise videos and it's, you know, the kids are right there close by where they're cooking and they're engaged. The teachers, the providers are doing the dances and singing while they're cooking when the kids are making the table and getting things cleaned up and ready to go. But it's a way for them to safely prepare lunch and still keep the kids engaged in something that keeps them active and moving and going. I definitely think that music and motor is is a lot of what we use technology for in our programs. But hopefully you got some new ideas or thought some new things from some of those other suggestions that we made. And, you know, as we always say, we would love to hear from you. What ways are you using technology and media in your program? Have you tried any of these ideas? Do you have something else super cool that you can share with us? Hit us up on social media. We would love to hear slash see it. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the infographic and other resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Sarah Holmes. Infographics by Rudy Benavides. Music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod. See you next time on Kids These Days.